You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun, senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to week 17 of the Wingfoot Locks, brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this has become a recurring theme, and I really I have no retort as Greg Hoyle has donned his Eagles cap for the final airing of the regular season here. All right, Christmas Christmas came a little early there for you, Greg. Uh, and we, we're not talking about the game, obviously, but uh, you, how do you feel about your Eagles heading into Week 17 against the Giants as four-and-a-half-point favorites? The, the phrase is cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'm going to say that's about it. emphasis on the caution. <laughs> emphasis on the caution. That's not one of our games that we're giving you this week in the final pick, but we hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. We got a couple more presents arriving for you in the forms of this week's picks. We start here with the Tennessee Titans, minus three and a half points as they head to Houston to take on the Texans. This one all about playoffs for the Titans. They have to win, and they're in. So, Greg, we were on this game a couple weeks ago with the Titans headed uh, hosting the Texans. What do you make of this matchup this time around? Yeah, so we were uh, on opposite sides last time around. I liked Houston. Um, they they did well in that game, at least in the first half, right? Um, they got out to a big uh, lead against Tampa last week and then just kind of crumbled in the long run. So I think you got a healthy healthy running back here. It sounds like Henry's going to play. Uh, I don't really like just blindly. We're going to have a theme of motivation, right? So I don't like blindly taking the team that needs to win uh, because I do think you have a, a nerves factor there. So really, uh, Houston can play pretty loose. Tennessee's got a lot to play for. So in this circumstance, I do just think that Tennessee's been playing better ball second half of the year. Tannehill's in there. Uh, and I don't think they'll play too tight. Uh, it's a big, big, um, you know, rivalry game again. And, you know, you, you put a lot of emphasis when we were talking about this game before. They had a really good second half, you know. And if that game, if they could squeak that out into overtime, I was watching that game and I was – basically holding on for dear life, uh, thinking that Houston is going to end up losing it, you know. So, uh, you know, I think if they just play a little bit more fourth-quarter game, uh, they should be in good shape. And if they do start pulling away, uh, Houston will probably start resting some folks, and that, that'll help you out with the three or the three-and-a-half. Uh, all right, so, yeah, you know, one of the things in that first matchup was the fact that the Titans actually outgained the Texans by, like, 50 yards in that one. And despite the fact that they were trailing at halftime 14-0, they were going up and down the field on the Texans. They actually turned the ball over in the red zone, which led to a Texans touchdown right before halftime that put Houston up 14-0. They stuck with their game plan, though, and they managed to get back in that one. I have a question for you, Greg. How much do running backs matter? <laughs> Very little. Very little. But uh, I, I'd rather have them than not. Yeah, we were talking about this last week with the Minnesota game uh, against Green Bay, and clearly it, it seemed like Minnesota was missing their top two running backs last week. Um, 
Dion Lewis did a pretty good job filling in for um, uh, Henry uh, Derrick Henry last week against the New Orleans Saints. However, I think that they definitely missed him as the pounding back, especially when that game got tied, to kind of take the air out of the ball a little bit. He'll be back for this one, should be well-rested. And I think when it comes to the whole playoff scenario, it's not that Houston doesn't have motivation. They can actually move up if they win and Kansas City loses. So maybe they're scoreboard watching a little bit there. However, I think that when your playoff life is on the line, and I think that the Texans are just the better team, I think some things didn't break their way uh, this in, in that game earlier this season. So I think as they're going in now, they're at three and a half, right? So this is a key number. This is a key number. Because I said that first game, I thought it was going to come down to a three-point swing either way. Uh, one, you might want to strongly look at taking this Tennessee money line. The other thing is if you can buy it, buy it down to that uh, two and a half or three because that's going to be key. But I don't see how you can get on Houston in this one. Tennessee or pass is the only line, and I like it enough that I'll roll with the Titans in this one. Final thoughts, Greg? Yeah, and, and just to highlight, you and I were talking about this. I, I'm going to pay the premium to go down to the money line there because I do have a season win total that I'm thinking they're going to they're about to go over for Tennessee. So I'm going to load up on just a, a win there. And just to further ev- evidence from Tennessee last week, you and I talked pretty late, probably around noon on Sunday, and I told you I was hoping that the Tennessee game would get to three and a half, then plus three and a half for my teases to send up to ten and a half. Right. It didn't, and, and they lost by ten, and a push is a loss in those teases. So mm. when you can play those those key numbers and get over them or get under them, uh, that's big. Listen, and we sent. I, I sent you the picture. I had a, a five-team parlay with a couple key numbers there. I had the Houston Texans minus two and a half in that one, the Buffalo Bills plus seven and a half, all of those key numbers came into play in order to hit that. And then, of course, obviously, the Wingfoot lock last week. The Cardinals, no need for key numbers there. They ran away and won outright as 10-point dogs. All right, let's move on to the next one. The New York Jets head to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Jets plus one and a half in this one. Buffalo locked in at the number five seed. We talked a little bit about motivation already. What are you thinking going into this one, Greg, for the Bills and the Jets looking at both sides of the ball? Yeah, I mean, if you can, if you could uh, take out. So this, this is, I, I love this right now. Seventy-five percent of the bets, from what I'm seeing, are coming in on the Bills. Um, yet, real the the line really hasn't moved. Um, so it's still, from what I'm seeing, Bills either minus one, minus one and a half. Uh, and to me, that's sharp money coming in. And basically, you're just looking at a Jets team that since um, Darnold's been back, right? Uh, if you could really eliminate those folk games, I think you could be looking at a, I don't want to say playoff team, right? Because I, I think they have a lot of holes, but it, it really is night and day the way that they've played. And I think they've just gotten a really bad rap from the, the first half where they just got worked, you know, like they were down there with the, the Dolphins and, you know, the Redskins and the Giants. Quite frankly, most of those teams have kind of come up a little bit, but uh, I think that the, the Jets are going to want to go out on a on a nice W here. Bits uh, Bills with minimal to play for. I don't know anything about their, you know, start and sit situation, but um, you know, I just like the head of steam that the Jets are coming in off of a nice win last week, and I think they'll play a similar game, maybe even a little bit on the under here. Um, I don't mind that. 
how about the fact that the Jets in the second half of the season, Greg, come into this game at five and two? They can be six and two in the second half of the season, which is absolutely incredible. And when you look at some of the losses they had in the first half of the season, you mentioned the Dolphins. Uh, you mentioned the Bengals. Maybe that was in the second half of the season. Uh, they had that loss to the Jaguars. They were absolutely decimated by injuries in, in early on in the season. They lost C.J. Mosley. Uh, they had lost Le'Veon Bell for a, a minute there. They had, obviously, Sam Darnold was dealing with the mono. Um, Jamal Adams missed a game or two here or there. They were literally beat up across the board. But they have had some young players really step up and grow in the system, and there's really, I think, a lot of hope for next year uh, with what you've been seeing. Again, we felt that way about the Jets last year coming into this season with what we saw from Sam Darnold, but really, he now that he's been healthy, he's managed to build uh, a lot on that. The game to start the season against the Bills, they were up, I believe it was 16 nothing when they absolutely let that lead evaporate when C.J. Mosley went down. This defense didn't know what to do. They didn't have a leader. They didn't have a quarterback on the field. They actually are a top 10 defense. Think about that. With all of the injuries that they had this season, don't forget in the preseason, I think they lost their top four pass rushers. They lost their top four pass rushers in the preseason, and they're still a top 10 defense. Greg Williams has done a good job. The Bills' offense doesn't blow anybody away. And now, with a little less motivation in this one, I really like the Jets going up there, getting a point and a half uh, as they take on the Bills. They're locked in at the five seed, so I say... Take the point and a half with the Jets, and they finish this one 6-2 and two, um, as the Bills get ready and look ahead to the playoffs. Also, one other note, they are looking at right now, because they're the five seed, they would be playing the Texans if everything holds uh, as it is right now. Uh, Kansas City would be the three, Houston would be the four. I like that as a matchup for them as well, and I think that maybe it, it benefits them to start looking ahead and thinking about the Texans in this week. So any final thoughts, Greg? Nope. Sounds good. All right, gang green. Next game we're looking at is the Sunday night game. San Francisco goes to Seattle. This one is for the NFC West division crown. The 49ers laying three points on the road with Seattle coming off that loss to the Arizona Cardinals and losing. How much do running backs matter, Greg? (laughs) It's a running theme here. Cluster injuries matter. Cluster injuries at the running back position. So they are turning to beast mode. Marshawn Lynch uh, in this one with uh, Carson going down for the season in the loss to Arizona here. Um, So we, we saw this game earlier in the season. It was a Monday night game in San Francisco. We were on Seattle. And Seattle got the win outright. And it was a big play for us. But this time around... I think there's a lot of different circumstances. For starters, the team that's injured right now is the Seattle Seahawks. We don't know about Jadavion Clowney. He's coming back from an injury. He's supposed to play. Quandre Diggs coming back from an injury. He's supposed to play, but we'll see how they do. And we don't know if they're 100%. And the other thing is, on the other side of the ball, the San Francisco 49ers are healthy now. They were not healthy for that Monday night game against the Seattle Seahawks. They were missing two huge pieces in Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle in that game. Yes, now you're going to tell me Sanders played. He played for a few plays and then had to go out in that one. And that game still went to overtime, and San Francisco had a chance to win it 
in OT. And I believe they had a backup kicker in that one, too, because Robbie Gold was still dealing with his injury. He missed a key kick in overtime that would have won it for San Francisco. So with for all of those reasons, I say lay the points with the Niners in this one. They want to lock up home field in the NFC. They need to do it. And right now they're just healthier and they're playing just a little bit better uh, and coming off a win uh, against with an extra day rest on Saturday night against uh, the Rams. Small thing, but every day matters, especially when you're playing a team that is a little more beat up. So what are your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, so uh, part of what we were talking about last week was against Seattle because of injuries. The other part is they haven't really been blowing anyone out. They've gotten pretty lucky with the the final outcomes, just like you mentioned, the the gold kick, which uh, you know they missed right there. Uh, Greg Zerline missed the kick against them, so they've been pretty fortunate. But now we were saying injuries. They've gotten more injured. Right. So that's that's not good. They're bringing in guys um, who were good, you know, two, three years ago. Um, it, you know, so from from that side of things, I think everything you're saying is, you know, the Niners are going up, getting more healthy. Uh, they're going to want to take this game. They're going to be in a good situation. Um, so I think that they'll be able to go in there. Seattle is not the home field advantage that it used to be. Um, so from that side of things, you know, you can't just think about the 12th man in Seattle. You gotta, you just gotta really look at the more healthy team and the more well-rounded team. The, the big thing is Seattle was such a threat when they could run and pass. And now I'm not so sure that they can, uh, run the ball that well. And so you're saying running backs rush. do matter a, a little bit. Cluster injuries, <laughs> Joe. Cluster injuries. <laughs> Uh, and, and in Tennessee's case, if they had somebody like a plotter like uh, Henry that could fill in in a similar way, I wouldn't think it's as big of a deal, right? So, like, there's nobody. Uh, Penny went out, right? So Penny's been on IR. Then you've got McKissick and you've got CJ uh, Carson. So. Four running yep, backs, I yep. believe. Four running backs are down for them. And look, we saw it, right? It may not make a difference when you're going from your starting running back to your backup, but when you get to your third string, as we saw with Minnesota on Monday night, it really does take away some of that uh, dynamic offense and, or at least the, the play action, the reasonable threat of the run. And then when you talk about now you're going to your fifth option, which is a guy off the street in Marshawn Lynch, I mean, there's got to be some some sort of fall off there. Um, so I... I, I and, and let me let me just highlight the uh, the running backs point. You take a look at a franchise like the Cowboys that just signed their uh, franchise running back there. How how big of an impact did he make on the game last week? Yeah, right? thirteen got, touches for Zeke. Got to dig a little, you know. It was a little dig. Yeah, no, no. I, I got what you were going there for. Thirteen give touches me a for hard Zeke. Time about my running backs. We're we're gonna blame that on coaching right now, and uh, we've been calling for Jason Garrett to get fired uh, for the last few years. Sorry, but he's just not getting the job done out there, and I think we've seen it obviously come to fruition this year. But enough about those Cowboys. On to our wing foot lock of the week. We are going to the Baltimore Ravens as they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore's got everything locked up. Uh, home field advantage, 13-2. and two. The road to the Super Bowl goes through Baltimore, where Pittsburgh's still fighting for a playoff spot. We told you take the Jets last week. They lost outright to the Jets at MetLife. Now this week, they can still make the playoffs if they win and Tennessee loses. We already told you we like Tennessee in that one, so we don't see Pittsburgh making the playoffs. But the play for the wing book lock is on the total in this one. Greg, what do you like and why? 
So we have the third string quarterback who was benched last week, uh, only re-enters the game because Mason Rudolph, who is terrible, um, absolutely terrible, fills in for him, right? So a vote of no confidence there. Uh, and then the Ravens, right? Right. So, and then the Ravens that want to take the air out of the ball and basically just get through healthy, um, you know, we, we don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring in this game because the Pittsburgh hasn't scored all year. Uh, but furthermore, they do have a good defense still. So I, I don't mind Robert Griffin as the backup. Uh, quite frankly, he's the best quarterback in this game. Uh, but the, the Ravens are going to want to stay healthy. They're going to want to milk the clock. There'll be a lot of running. Um, so we like that from the other end. And we, we like Duck Hodges as long as he doesn't you know, turn the ball over um, a ton we should be in good shape here at under 37. So, you know, I, I kicked myself. I had been on like three or four straight Pittsburgh unders in a row. We had the right side with the Jets last week, but I didn't load up on the under again. And just every game script seems to play out in a very similar way with them because they're pretty inept on offense, but pretty good defense out there. So we're going to play that again. Listen, and they're doing what they need to do to stay in the game because they know they are a self-aware team. They know what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. And they are just trying to keep it close enough where they have a chance to win it at the end. Look, say what you want. Tomlin's done a good job with all of the injuries they've had there from the quarterback position to Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver to James Conner at running back. They have had issues all over the place offensively. You have the suspension for Pouncey. He missed, I think, two games in there on the offensive line. I mean, things have really offensively kind of been blown up for Pittsburgh this season. However, that defense has managed to keep them in the game, and I think that they are going to look for that same formula this week against the Ravens. You mentioned it. We're down to RG3. Uh, no Mark Ingram in this one. He's going to be sitting out getting ready for the playoffs. The Ravens are looking ahead to the playoffs, uh, and I think they're going to struggle to score against Pittsburgh's defense. But as you said earlier, Greg, when we were talking before the podcast here, you can only rest so many guys. Right, You can't sit the whole team. So defensively, there's going to be some people in there who are going to uh, obviously have to to play for the Ravens. And the guys who are getting an opportunity, man, they're going to want to show what they can do on on a good team and against a bad offense. I think that this one is going to be really low scoring. Um, I like Baltimore. I lean that way uh, in this one because I I feel like I've seen this script play out in the NFL a couple times before where you have a team that needs to make the playoffs against the team that has things clinched. The better team usually comes back on to- out on top, even if uh, they're going to their second and, in some cases, third string probably late in the game. But with without any motivation, I'm going to stay away from that. We're going to go with the under on the total there. Baltimore going to want to take all the air out of the ball, get to the playoffs healthy, and watch that clock run as much as possible. Um, and they've got the running back stable to do it. So I look for a lot of Gus Edwards <laughs> in this one here, Greg. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that just on that point that you made that Baltimore is so clearly the better team, right? So we do have similar situations here with like Buffalo with, you know, kind of a lack of motivation and Houston with a lack of motivation. And I'm not saying the Jets are better than Buffalo, right? But I I would argue that maybe Tennessee is better than Houston, right? So that's why that's an easier play there. And that doesn't apply for the the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game. All right. So once again, to recap for you, this week, week 17, the final 
regular season slate for us. We are going with the Tennessee Titans. Make sure you get that down to a key number at either three or two and a half. Greg is going with the Titans money line. We're going with the Jets plus one and a half. The San Francisco 49ers minus three in Seattle. And then, of course, the wing foot lock is under in Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Look for those key numbers. There's 37 and a halfs out there. Try and lock one up if you can before it goes down to 37 because that is a key number. This has been a great season. We've still got the playoffs ahead of us, so don't go anywhere. Wild card weekend straight ahead. For Greg Hoyle, Joe Masiri, that's me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. And until next time, remember, everyone, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Have a great week, everyone. Talk to you next time.